Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast. Before we get to the episode, uh, we've got something in the mailbag. An email from Seymour Schmidt, former guest of the pod, quite a few times guest of the pod. Seymour says, hi Gregory and friends. Uh, He's the only one that ever calls me Gregory. Hi Gregory and friends, it is Seymour. I wanted to talk about the episode for Bed, Bed, Bed. I really enjoyed that episode. I especially loved the brief talk about preschool shows. Anyways, I wanted to talk about the two different versions of this song. I think the way that each version is done is quite important, relating to where they are placed on the track listing for their respective albums. I think it makes sense for the no version to be this loud nonsense, since Sleepwalkers is the quiet song that closes the album right after it. This is when the listener should be so, so, so sleepy and finally fall asleep. Even on the CD for No, it says that the last three songs were sequenced in a way to expedite slumber. Who knows if they were even being serious there, but I think it is something that you should take into account when talking about this song. I think the Bed, Bed, Bed EP is quite similar to this, with the first two songs being the louder ones, and then the last two songs are the quiet ones. Although it is still quite different from No, since that one is quiet, loud, and then quiet again. Whatever, my thoughts still remain. Personally, I prefer the EP version. I think Dawson's voice fits the song perfectly, and I really love the outside noises that are throughout the entire song. It reminds me a lot of the song My Bed from the album Goodnight Blue, which is a Blue's Clues album. The Bed, Bed, Bed EP is also my favorite thing that They Might Be Giants have ever made, so of course I would prefer this version over the No version. I also want to say that the first cover you played that was inspired by System of a Down was fucking amazing. I need more people to be making metal covers of this band's wacky songs. Thanks for writing, Seymour. Uh, yeah, I believe I've heard you make that that bold statement that the uh, the Bed, Bed, Bed book EP is the best thing they've ever done. And uh, Seymour has actually been on an episode for a song off of that EP, Impossible. Uh, so you should go check that out. It came out last summer at some point. And, uh, yeah, anyone couldn't write in. It's this might be a pod at Gmail. And uh, you can leave voicemails, too, at uh, 224-801-2930. All right. On with the episode. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I have returning for the something time, the manyth time, Abby Bash, and we're going to talk about the song on Dean off of the Back to Skull EP. Here we go. On Dean, you want. 
All she left behind was an unloaded gun And my face is blushing From all the things she's done You couldn't miss that girl Cause here she comes Undine, back up Run over my body with your pickup truck And finish what you started <laughs> wakey wakey <laughs> uh abby's recording this at like midnight uh her time um because i'm an asshole and you know time changes as they are are you gonna be able to make it through this yeah, talk about Andine. is Andine worth it 100 percent, i think yep you get your uh your flansy song <laughs> it's uh so your last one was too last time you were on was snowball in hell uh, which we discovered was like forever ago. Um, yeah. you're on an, you're on an art episode somewhere in between, but it's still been at least over a year since you've been on, right? Something like that. I don't know what time is, but it was a long time ago. I'm very yeah. out of practice of talking to people. <laughs> but on my spreadsheet here, if I command F and, uh, and search your name, you're on here 11 times. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> but a lot of those are there, there's some repeats because there's the there's the song claiming top of the spreadsheet um, and then there's the list of all the episodes so so basically they're doubled up but still you're on here a lot and you know you you've become such a good friend just because you know they might be giants bringing people together the podcast bringing us together i at this point don't even remember how we first connected exactly <laughs> I think it was like on Twitter or something and you reached out to me. I can't remember what it was exactly, but I was like, well, I would never go on a podcast. I hate speaking. But then you were like, go on. And then I was like, okay, I guess. And then shit happened. <laughs> so it was about an episode first or was it? Cause I know at some point I was making like artist call outs or something. Mm. Um, it was about podcasting. First and then the art, because Abby here has been on many an episode and also designed many a, a beautiful thing for um, not only the podcast but both of my bands. Uh, just like you know, your stuff is just all over my house <laughs> and in Rubbermaids in the garage to take to shows. <laughs> it's, it's free real estate. <laughs> yeah, I know. I should. Uh, yeah, th- we should make that a normal thing that like the artists who do t-shirts just like a painting it has their little you know little signature right at the bottom I, right that's that yep that's gonna happen next time band name band name artist name right so the first episode you were on uh started off with a weird one door-to-door minotaur weird one is the best one <laughs> and that was february 6th 
2019. <laughs> so just about four years ago. It's crazy. Yeah. And then you were on, let's see, you were on the first art episode. Then you were on the first Monopuff Patreon episode. Hey, hey, you wait. On, you're, forgetting, yeah. you're, you're forgetting Duncan. Oh, I'm going in chronological order here. Because those Was ended Duncan up coming after... before Duncan. Oh. They were very, very close. You were on, like, quite a bit in the very first months of the podcast before I got totally inundated with people <laughs> wanting to be on the show. You became famous. Um, oh, yeah, completely. You know, th- this, is all I d- this is what I do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, because I, I spread them out. I think we we recorded them in one night, right? Duncan and Minotaur. That's why I'm remembering it. Yeah, because at the it. time, I'm like, these episodes won't be too long. <laughs> you know, I'm like 30, 40 minutes, right? No. No. Uh, yeah, because the, the Patreon monopuff was then in June. And two weeks later, I aired Duncan of course, of course. Yeah, and then you were on Snowball in Hell, and then another Monopuff one right after that, and then the art part three you were on as well with uh, Owen and Carmen and uh, Flinium. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. All the people, all the cool people. Yeah, and that was... Yeah, that was May of 2021. It's 2023 now. How has it been like a year and a <laughs> almost a year and a half since you've been on? It feels like it's been like 500 I, years. I apologize. Feels like 500 years? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, I try. <laughs> There's so many new guests to be on, but I just can't deny that good feeling of getting uh you Listen, know, a good friend on the show to chat. I was again. an OG. I was an OG. I should get special treatment. You, <laughs> you really were an OG. And I think after this one, I don't think you even have any more songs claimed on the spreadsheet. So after this, if you want to, you can claim your next one for whenever that might be. I'll Ooh. try not to make it uh, a year and a half from <laughs> now. You know. Yeah. Uh, so any, um, updates on being a Team BG fan type things? Cause I mean, people could go way back four years ago to hear your Team BG fandom story and y- you were a young pup back then. Now you're <laughs> old like me. I'm so old. It's weird. <laughs> I was thinking about it because it's like, I felt, I feel like that first like podcast was about 7,000 lifetimes ago. So it's just funny to think <laughs> about it and to think about like my quote unquote fandom from then until now. Cause it's like, I guess I was like a young adult. Well, I mean, I'm still a young adult, but you know, I was like a baby adult. Um, yeah. You were tw- <laughs> 20, I think, right? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so weird. Um, but I think, I don't think anything's changed really in particular, but I think, <laughs> well, the way that, <laughs> the way that, the way that I enjoy things is very different now. And also, um, well, how do you mean? Well, I don't know, because I think they were giants was like 
by they still are my favorite thing and but it's like that's when I first found them and you know that that feeling when you first find the, your favorite thing mm-hmm. um and I think when I was 20 my entire life was so uh like unstable not in a, like a bad way because just in the way that a 20 year old's life is yeah and, na- sure. and now I'm kind of like set, not settling down that's, that sounds terrible but like I'm, I'm much more stable <laughs> as a person and like I have a really boring job and I have to get up really early in the morning and I can't just like go and go to every there might be dance concert in like sure. in a row yeah and I can't just travel to New York for no reason <laughs> sadly mm-hmm. um, oh yeah because you were also on the flood tour preview episode which was exactly was us that cursed it (laughs) oh god we cursed the tour like it's this big two-part like two-hour preview from you know you and uh the new york crew that uh, went to those first two shows and then they got like four more shows into the tour and then covid yeah it's it it did feel like that I i remember like okay I don't, I feel, actually, maybe this is revealing too much about how my brain works, but like during those COVID years, like the lockdown years, I fa- like I feel like a massive part of my mind was like thinking about like uh, they were giants and like um, you know if they come back or like what was going to happen. And it was like I think especially coming back from that the New York experience, I was like I need that again though. I need that again. But I guess it was. I like need escapism. to get to New York for a show. It's not as long of a flight for me. Yeah. I need to go to New York show. New York gets all the good shit. They, I mean, the Horns have toured a little bit with them this time. I'm not sure if they'll be coming to Indianapolis in March. But, uh, yeah, Horns, like special guests, you Ooh. know, the weird set list they don't do many other times. Not on Dean, though. <laughs> Haven't played that since 93. <laughs> I would, God, I would literally sell my limbs to hear that song live yeah this is one of those and it's definitely i mean it's a fan favorite for sure yeah i mean based on the amount of covers is usually one one pretty good indication of if fans really like it or not you know if they like it enough to spend time recording themselves and putting it out into the world and I mean, you know, you got to take the wiki rankings with a gr- with a grain of salt, but it's ninety five. Wow, it's ranked ninety five. It cracked the top one hundred, and it's uh, an Electra B side that's not on streaming services. Yeah. So you know that, that says something. Yeah, it's one of those. It's kind of like like Welcome to the Jungle. I mean, there's some other ones that are just like people discover it and they're like, it's this lost gem. Yeah. This is my favorite They Might Be Giants song now. You know, I don't know if they, some people do, just to seem like they're cool because they know the deep, deep cuts. But they are, they're fucking good songs, so. <laughs> you know? But should we just jump right in if we're undeaning it right now? Should we get to it, you know? Because you, you already did your, you know, you, you almost fell asleep knitting in your rocking chair, and then I woke you up. <laughs> you did, you evil, evil man. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, I think uh, let's 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 get to it, so you can uh, get back to Slumberland. You know, last week's episode was bed, bed, bed. I was gonna say that we should tie that in somehow. Yeah, you should put on some bed, 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 and uh, catch some snoozes, catch some Z's after this. Uh, let's um, talk about the dial a song. So. 
collected on Power of Dial a Song 2. I will drop that in right here. What do you make of this one? Because I have some some questions about this one. Mm. I mean, it's not like super different. The Dial a Song versions right. of songs always makes me like they make me feel kind of like melancholy anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's not too different. I think it's got those like different lines. But like it, the the little introduction. Yeah, but which is always interesting. You see what gets cut out and stuff. Yeah. Well, if people couldn't understand that, because it is, of course, a dial-a-song uh, version, <laughs> he says, I, Ronald Milhouse, president, do declare amnesty for all impersonators. <laughs> uh, and then at the end, I don't know if I've played the whole thing, so this message is sponsored by Public Access. Just random flansisms. So random right? XD. <laughs> but like you were saying it doesn't sound very different and to me like there's so much hiss over top of it which i love the you know the lo-fi it makes the dial a song <laughs> makes the dial a songs dial a songs the demo version which we'll play later which is pretty much the same as the ep version with just that intro over top of it i mean it's hard to tell like exact you know like the exact tone of the organ or whatever else, but it, it sounds like just like it. Yeah. It, it makes me think that they had already, you know, kind of like more modern dial a song, like they'd already like recorded it, like it's, it's done and then threw it on the tape machine. Yeah. I mean, um, when you think about the fact that Lanz talked about it on Tumblr saying that he kind of wishes that they re-recorded it and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they literally were like, oh, we have this song that we recorded and we can, we should use it for back to school, which is interesting. And yeah. also it makes me think about if they did re-record it, like what it would have sounded like because, you know, everyone loves it. I love it. And it sounds, it sound, I think one of the reasons why it sounds so good is because it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's one of those MIP giant songs that sounds a bit like, um, you know, 
and undercooked or something like it's it's <laughs> it's not like perfect it's that whole thing of like it's not perfect yeah, that, that makes it charming a little, little little raw little ragged but i think for the you know the vibe of the song it totally works i'm, I'm trying to picture what else they would do production wise um but yeah that's i mean that was just my thought is that it sounds just like it like listening to the drums on it is usually a pretty good indicator like okay is this just you know especially if it's one that has a live drummer on the final version the dial a song should usually sound pretty drum machiney but on the intro like where it just has you know those organ things and it has a little clicky 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 like those little clicks and the way the the intro dies out and the little click 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 like they just kind of slow down and then the starts in it's would be hard on a drum machine to have that the retardando the slowing down of the clicks would be hard to do on a drum machine i mean Mm. not impossible but it just seems like a detail that wouldn't have been on the dial a song to me that seems like something like maybe like a human drummer would have come up with yeah, or maybe it was kind of like a sound thing or a sound that was recorded that they added in or like a happy accident or something, which Possible is always too, my yeah. favorite things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So don't know for sure, but um, now let's listen to the the demo, I guess kind of demo proper, but again, this is, this is one that even I was confused about where I saw... Uh, you know, you go to that chronology tab on the wiki, and it says, on Dean Demo, John Henry Demos. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I go to, like, my iTunes, because I actually have files of all the songs, because I'm always dropping them into podcasts. I need the actual file. And I'm like, it's not on mine. It wasn't on my CD. What the hell? And then, uh, <laughs> and then I'm like, Euless, help me. Euless is like, well, click on the thing. It was a leaked tape of John Henry Demos. Uh, that popped up in, let's see, uh, 2012? No, in, in sometime in the, well, what is this 2012 date? The official John Henry demos weren't released till 2018. Yeah. So I say 2012 there, just for what I'm looking at. So in the nineties, a leak cassette tape circulated with demo versions of eight John Henry era songs. So it has um, No One Knows My Plan, Sleeping in the Flowers, Self Called Nowhere, Meet James and Soar, a Thermostat, uh, Ondine, Why Must I Be Sad, and Dirt Bike. So Ondine's the only non-LP uh, track on there, but I don't know. Why Why wouldn't they? They should have thrown it on as a bonus track on the official 2018 thing so we could have gotten a cleaned up mm. version. You know, why not? Uh, But uh, with that said, let's go ahead and listen to the leaked tape version uh, with that little bit of lo-fi goodness, just not as much as the dial song, but a little bit. So here it is. Yeah. From all the things 
she's gone You couldn't miss that girl Cause soon she comes On Dean Back up Run over my body with your pickup truck And finish what you started Because I'm done I switched the whole room over To find these words She said Yeah, so that one, it's pretty much just like more vocal echo. Yeah, which I think works. Oh, yeah, I love the vocal echo. I guess they thought thought twice about that, but uh, I guess they, they spent at least enough time on it to debate the vocal echo, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, that was just in 2022 that, that Flans talked about that on the Tumblr. Let's see. Uh, His quote exactly was, uh, I wish we had worked a little longer on Ondine. I'm not in love with the recording or the arrangement, and I think that could have been a much better song done differently. A much better song. Hmm. I think I kind of get what he means by that, though, because, um, yeah, like I said, it's one of those ones where it's so good because it's, it's, it's almost like trying to emulate um, you know, a type of song structure that's been done a lot. Especially, like, you know, I wouldn't say Lance is parodying the genre, but like, you know, he's using something that's so, you so much mm-hmm. that it, like when it's done in that kind of like undercooked way, I don't know, it really adds to the song. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's got, it's got that bluesy stomp. I mean, how much can you like fancy that up? Without it losing the the yeah the the feel of that genre, yeah it almost is. I mean it's definitely uh, I don't know what's where I'm looking for. Yeah, not parody because he he. I mean, Flans likes some some blues and some you know swinging stuff. I mean all the way back to you know Hotel Detective and stuff like that. It's kind of in that ilk a little bit. Um, but it it is some well worn territory, I think, by design. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. I mean, at least the the verses. I think the the choruses of this song break from that completely. I don't think those really sound bluesy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the uh, the six eight. I mean, the whole song's in six eight, but the way it really busts into it, just in full. And that shaker, the, <laughs> just like I noticed that shaker so much when I started listening for this episode. I was like, I'm like, man. We love a shaker. Yeah, I don't know if that's, uh, Doherty probably was playing that too uh, for the recording. I'm like, man, he's kicking ass on that shaker. It's, it's kind of hard to do a shaker to 6-8. You know, I've, 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 I've done it. There's, there's, there's technique to it. A lot of people think like, oh, you know, tambourine, you just hit it. You just shake it shakers you shake them. <laughs> yeah but there's 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 technique it's the underdog of this track yeah 
It's that it, it's that special sauce. Again, they must not rush through it too much. They put auxiliary percussion on the thing. <laughs> you know? Didn't have to put shaker in there. Um, the one question I had was why Tony Mimonet is not the bass player on this track, as he was f- fully in the band as of the tour in 92, and then all the way through into recording on John Henry. Uh, but Graham maybe is the bassist on this one. Mm-hmm. Not sh- not sure why. Could that go back to this track not being recorded as of the time that it was released? Possibly. I yeah yeah. I don't know. Because again, yeah, we don't know when that dial a song exactly was. I mean, I would assume that this was recorded with, you know, the the album in mind. I mean, I don't know. I mean, someone should ask him on Tumblr, like, <laughs> was this, was this like, what if it was written during, like, the Flood era or something? And they're like, this doesn't fit the vibe of Flood. <laughs> you take that personally. Got shelved for a little bit? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, but Doherty's on the track, so it's like, it's that crew... Because Graham maybe didn't really come into the fold till after John Henry. Because they had a basis. I don't know. Should I text Tony Mimone and see if he replies by the end of our recording? You have the connection to do that. Because I, I had thought about doing it. And what do you think? Should I? Well, hopefully he is not busy right now. And he will reply straight away. <laughs> what are you going to say? Hey, Tony. Hope you and the fam are off to a good start of your 2023. Quick question. I'm recording the episode on Undine tonight and found out you aren't on the track, that it's Graham Maybe. Uh, Was there a specific reason you weren't at that session? Because it was recorded during the heart of your time with the band. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Because he's not on... um, What's the other one on that EP he's not on? Uh, Mrs. Train. He's down to Mrs. Trade either. Mm. All right. So we'll see if he replies. Are you going to put it in into the podcast if he doesn't reply? Or are you going to take it out so that you don't look like you were ghosted? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Um, well, I also don't want to make it seem like he's he's rude. He didn't reply. I mean, he's not. I mean, we've chatted about other stuff. I try not to bug him too much, but. I usually hit him and, and Brian up pretty much any time um, a John Henry type thing is, is, you know, talked about. I mean, they've both been kind enough to so be cool. on episodes. <laughs> that, that, yeah. was, that was one of, probably one of my favorite episodes was hearing them on at the same time to talk about AKA Driver. That was... It was iconic. That was something else. Just kind of sitting back and they're just like, well, wasn't it? This because it's just like it's so long ago. Like, how did that? When did we do that? <laughs> I think it was this. There's a lot of speculating. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you remember? You know, it's funny when it comes to to. It seems like Flans has a really good memory about stuff. Like, people ask him really specific things about stuff yeah. that's like decade multiple decades ago and he remembers yeah it's funny because he he remembers everything like by the second but then when you whenever you ask about like physical stuff or like hey did you ever keep this like 
prop that you made with your bare ha- like your own hands. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, I put it in a attic and then it grew mold and then I threw it out. It's like you should yeah. look after that yeah. stuff. Hey, did you hang on I to mean, the uh, the art files for Mink Car? <laughs> no. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> We're gonna have to put that back together. <laughs> Yeah, didn't didn't someone have to like read like design the font for them again or something? Yeah. Like make the font for Minkar. It's amazing. Like he just he just was like, yeah, that's not going to be important from from <laughs> now on. But he is, is such a detail oriented guy. Like, yeah, every down to the like smallest thing. So I I mean, and he's got a good memory. So it's not it's not it's not too surprising, but. <laughs> yeah, he's the one that, like, you know, I asked these other guys, you know, Dan Hickey's like, didn't I play on that track? I'm like, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thought I did. I thought. Well, he's like the, like, he's like the CEO of They Might Be Giants. He's like yeah. the guy that's, he has to make sure everything happens and figure it out. So I guess it sticks in your head when you're kind of like the, the dude. Mm hmm. The dude steering the ship. Uh, at least, uh, yeah. I mean, they're 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 co-captains, but he's the, he's the one that's like, you know, Linnell's below deck working on a song, and Flan's like, probably should steer away from this iceberg here. <laughs> Got to get mink car vinyl out. Got to find that font. I also I love the organ tone in this song. It just something about it is just very much of that era. Like it's it's almost like I don't know if that was Linnell's like favorite patch on his keyboard to queue up during john henry but it just feels so john henry to me yeah <laughs> am i wrong it feels no totally and, and i think it it ties in again to that thing of like um that very like full sound of john henry and also a lot of the songs on that album are like really perfect versions of specific genres if you know what i mean mm-hmm. and Ondine is the same um and like, especially with the instruments and the instrumentals, like that, like that's what really shines in the song because it's like, you know, when that when that like chorus comes in, it's just like, oh my god, yeah, that sounds amazing because it's so like booming, yeah. And it's like the different sections, for sure, yeah. Um, and it's it's. It's a cool song that's got to be really hard to play on guitar, and it's and this is from you know the Flans only you know the Flans is the only guitarist era, because uh, C minor is not a fun key for guitars. It's not the easiest key. Uh, I mean, this song is just like full of flats and minor chords and stuff like that. And but the, I mean, the minor feel of this song is definitely what. what what makes it, I mean, the Giants, you know, their bread and butter is happy sounding music with dark lyrics. This one, it's just all dark. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I think I've, it's always stuck, stuck out to me as like, it sounds very different from all the other songs. And I think it, like you said, it is that kind of the moodiness of it with that organ and with the minors. It's like, it's it just sounds... I don't know. It's just always stuck out to me as sounding different. And I think you've hit the nail on the head yeah. with that. And I didn't hear it for the longest time. I mean, it was, I mean, YouTube era, at least for sure. I mean, it probably wasn't until after like, 
I don't know, 2015 or something where I found out that the song existed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. It was was one of those things where it's just, I don't know, you know, back in my day, just growing up in like the, uh, you know, the the dial-up internet days and then even like in college and stuff like in college when I was in college me and my roommate her best friend Steve he's been on the podcast a lot uh all the way back to episode uh two for I've got a fang we uh shared a computer a a desktop computer for the first two years maybe the first three years of college like, you know, we'd go to computer labs when we needed to or whatever, but, like, we had one computer. Like, you didn't just spend all your time online like you do now. I mean, had pl- <laughs> spent plenty of time on AOL Instant Messenger, but, uh, you know, I would I would surf the old, you know, what was basically the old version of the wiki um, back then. So maybe I knew it existed, but, like... I mean, I was in college from 99 to 2003, so, like, YouTube wasn't even a thing yet. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I probably could have dug it up somewhere, but it wasn't as web savvy. I wasn't the total, like, you know, web dork. I was dorky in other ways, but that was, you know, <laughs> I don't know, figuring out the the, the deep, the, the darkest realms of the Internet to, to snatch up these, these deep cuts. Uh, that was not my specialty. <laughs> Did you guys have LimeWire in America? Yeah, we had it in America. I was a Kazaa guy, though. I don't even know what that is. It's another one of those Napster-ish kind of things. I don't think I ever got any viruses from it. I know LimeWire was pretty notorious for that. <laughs> were, yeah. Were you using LimeWire? You would have been so young when that was still a thing. Okay, so I shared a desktop computer with my four brothers, Um and the only way that I would listen to music at that point, because I was like a little kid, was my oldest brother would download MP3s. And then I had like an MP3 player that and I, and I would just pick songs from that. So that's why like when I was a kid, my favorite song, like my favorite song was Ghetto Gospel. <laughs> <laughs> and like this random and like what else I'm trying to think. And like girls, I said like, the playlist was like Ghetto Gospel. Girls just want to have fun. Uh, bre- breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> and probably some other random crap that I can't think of. But those three were like... I, exactly. <laughs> That's fantastic. So just uh, cherry picking your, your brother's songs. Wait, do you have any sisters or is, just, is it just you and four brothers? Listen, you don't want to get into my family history. It's ridiculous and... <laughs> Forever winding. Just imagining what it and must have been like insane. with four brothers. It was insane. I bet. And that's probably why I'm so weird. <laughs> where where do you fall in the middle? Okay, if you don't want to get into it, I'm just wondering which. Well, which I'm, child I was the youngest. Uh-huh. Well, what I'll say is, at that point, I was I was the young I was the youngest and the only sister, and also I was raised by my single dad, so I was literally the only girl in the house. Mm. Wow, yeah, that's uh, probably a lot of imagining, like a lot of noogies and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, I was really annoying. I was a really annoying young sister. And still am. <laughs> well, I mean, in a house like that, I'd imagine you got to be pretty loud to be heard. You got to make yourself, um, make yeah. your presence known. <laughs> well, yeah, I did it in a way of like crying, you know, like when like, I'm not, 
Duh, this didn't happen. Blah. But but then I wouldn't speak ever otherwise. Oh. Hmm. Just go in your room and do your art. Li- you literally, that is exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did so much drawing as a kid too. I would do all these comic books really? with my friends. Yeah. I was big drawing. I I never. I mean, I took a lot of art classes through like our park districts and stuff like that, and in school. But pretty much just when I was on my under my on my own volition, it was pretty much just pencil and paper. What but, you should totally bring that back. But I was pretty good at drawing, you know, muscly people, <laughs> <laughs> guns and shit. That's like always that. the case. That why boys are just, just like I will draw a gun and the guy with muscles. Yeah, over and over again. <laughs> Yep, yep, that was me, that was me. Uh, the, so the lyrics of Ondine. Now, I think we need to start parsing through these. Now, the Flans just keep saying, oh, it's a French girl's name. But, I mean, he has to be aware of the the implications of that name specifically, because it's not like it's some popular name or something. Yeah. You know? Although I... I love the romantic idea of the fact that he had a French girl in this class called Andine. Yeah. And he wrote a song about her. Yeah. Yeah. But do you think he was aware of the old uh, mythology of it? Hmm. I think he probably knew about it. I, I, I d- like, maybe you have a different opinion, but I don't really think that it's particularly reflected in the lyrics. Like, I think, in general, I don't tend to subscribe to the like overanalyzation even though i'm literally on a podcast for the song but mm-hmm. the, like yep, overanalyzing. So you're, gonna, you're gonna have to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah i didn't normally that's not normally what grabs me like when i'm like oh my gosh these are my favorite fans lyrics it's it's for with songs like this because it's like it's it's kind of like simple and understated like well wordplay and mm-hmm. which i always really like because it's like the thing the the, the phrases that he's saying that are clever are like the thing that makes me love it and the thing that makes the song interesting in, in my opinion. Yeah. And also I think the reason why this song sticks out to me is because of kind of like the storytelling. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, I, I don't know if that like really crosses over with that whole Undine thingy-majig, but it was really interesting to read about it. Yeah. Uh, we should definitely tell people what we're talking about and then they can no. make up their own minds. But but I mean, I'm kind of like that too, where it's like, I don't think super hard about their lyrics until I'm about to record an episode on the <laughs> song. That's why these are good though. Right? Yeah. I learned so much. Before we even he- learn about Ondine or Undine, what what do you make of this story? Like, what is your story for this this song? What do you picture? I mean... It falls into the category of like the Flans loving a criminal woman <laughs> song, song like genre, which is my favorite. Um, and I think he is one of the he's one of those artsy people where it's like you 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 take an idea. So like the idea, I guess in this case, is someone that he vaguely knows that's called Undine, and he's like, wow, that's a cool, mysterious name. And then he's like, imagine if this lady was like cool and a criminal and like we're in love and blah, 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 blah. And I think it's kind of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just like very 
it's it's that the, you know that I had the strangest dream part. That's my favorite part mm-hmm. because he just re- you know it's the repetition in it which I think makes it funny, <laughs> and yeah. also I think it just it's just like the character of Undine is just like a badass bitch, and he's just like. <laughs> He's just like always dreaming about her and stuff. And I just, yeah. I, I really find that charming, especially with kind of like the blues, um, you know, like instrumentals. I think it's just like, it's just like, you can imagine a guy just like, just jamming out on a guitar and just deciding to sing about this like lost criminal yeah. love of his, which is, I think is like true Flans core. <laughs> Flans core. The, uh- so is the narrator dead though? Because in the chorus, I had the strangest dream. I killed you again. <laughs> well, this I, actually you bringing up that point, you make me realize that's what I like about this song is because I'm not thinking about him dying. I'm just thinking about him as like this weird, like cartoon character guy, and he's gonna get, he's getting run over by this girl a bunch of times. But he's like he's just like beat up, and he has like a big like cartoon bump on his head and he's like got like a tooth missing and he's just like oh gosh i love this chick so much and it's kind of like i don't know maybe that's me adding my own weird uh imagination to it but like i think with again with like the the classic blues like vibe it's kind of just like again it's like this weird like odd dude just telling this like weird mm-hmm fake story and he's like getting killed a bunch of times (laughs) and now i'm thinking about uh i think i think you should leave do you have have you watched i think you should leave the show with tim robinson oh my god (laughs) that's it that's such an american show oh my god okay well there's this one scene you need to watch where it's like it's it's basically um playing off of like the johnny cash kind of mystique that uh you know this guy who's he's all into these old gospel songs but then he starts writing his own songs about um you know like i shot a man in reno just to watch him die you know the the famous johnny cash line well <laughs> tim robinson like the main creator of this show and stuff he's like playing bass in this guy's band and the guy starts playing this song um and uh, that's the day that Robert Palin murdered me. And like the whole song, it's like talking about how he's, he's been murdered, right? He cocked that crooked hammer and he laid that hammer down. But then the best part <laughs> is, is Tim Robinson coming in and ad-libbing lyrics. And it was also the night that the skeletons came to life. <laughs> they came from under the exactly. ground. Exactly. <laughs> that is the vibe of this song gotta, in my head. Yeah. You've got to watch it though. I mean, this is the one one of the <laughs> silliest things we've had uh, that Zinnia has quoted to us. Where <gasps> oh my god, <laughs> yeah, where <laughs> there's all these wacky lines that he puts into the song, like uh, uh, the bones are their money, so are the worms, and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they they want to pull your hair up, but not out, and then. <laughs> And then That's at the end good. of the song, he's like, because if they pull it out, they turn to bones. And then Zinnia <laughs> will just say that little part. And it's just the first time she did, we just cracked our shit up. Oh, my gosh. The bullet ripped inside my chest. The clouds, they did storm. My sweet Marie, she cried for me. And then I was no more. And it was all of the night that the skeletons came to life. The bones are their money. 
so are the worms. They pull your hair off, but not out to turn into a man and have another chance at life. But if they pull it out, they turn to bones. Yes! I don't know if it's, maybe it is too American, but I think you should, no, you I should think check out some I, of it. I love American comedy, but I think, so my partner watched like one episode of that and like was just literally going off about how it's the worst thing that they had ever seen in life. And then, like, since that, I feel like I'm watching it in the lens of someone that thinks it's the worst thing ever. And I'm like, I can see why you think it's hilarious, and I can also see why you think can think it's... Because it's, it's like any... It's a sketch show, right? So it's very yeah. hit and miss. Mm-hmm. But also, there's that one um, sketch with Bob Odenkirk in it I really like. Yeah. <laughs> and I have triples in the Nova in the Roadrunner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, and and I and I have a wife, and I don't live in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my computer's dinged at me here about a text here. Tony got back to me. That's incredible. With the coolest possible answer, he said, "I was on the road with Frank Black, I believe." What? <laughs> oh my god, that is the coolest answer, right? <laughs> uh, you know. Flans, you got to respect that. I mean, they're friends. They're all friends. You know, it's not like when uh, um, Jonathan Feinberg got kicked out of the band for scheduling another tour. I guess they might be oh giant stars. This is what I mean. Drama. It's all about drama and rank black and cool shit. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Okay, so that's why Graham Maybe's on the track. There you go. That... Uh, yeah, I said that. I'm like, that's the coolest possible answer you could. That is. <laughs> let's let's tell people about this Undine Undine. Uh, so you see it with a, a U, really more than an O when you're you're looking it up online, um, and then people can can make of that what they will. But uh, Undine is it's basically like a a water spirit, a water nymph, a water fairies like some sort of watery creature which seems to be um traced back to uh this dude from forever ago let me see if i can say his name right i actually went and listened i'm like how do you pronounce this and like played the thing um paracelsus no 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 paracelsus (laughs) paracelsus um whose name is actually (laughs) even harder to pronounce uh theophrastus von hohenheim (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh wait no full name philippus areolus the- the- theophrastus is this for real it sounds like a rapper's name theophrastus bombastus von Hohenheim. <laughs> no that can't be real that is amazing bombastus telephone testus <laughs> I- <laughs> so- <laughs> so this guy was born in 1493, so we're talking about way back. And this dude was really into uh, alchemy, the, the, the elements and, and whatnot. Um, but the, the, the basic story is um, the woman Undine. I mean, people know the most famous uh, interpretation, Hans Christian Andersen's The Little Mermaid, um, which is, is not, yeah, which is not... Quite the Disney Little Mermaid, but that's what it's it's based on. Um, but this Undine 
woman basically is is cheated on like to to boil it down to like the 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 easiest thing is cheated on so she she curses uh the man with not being able to breathe when he sleeps so then the man just can't sleep and goes like insane because he can't fall asleep because he'll die (laughs) man that's so cool though like i would actually do the same i think if i was in that situation and i just feel like that's like the coolest curse that you could give someone not cool like because it's cool to die but like make you not sleep until you go insane i think is really hardcore and i think definitely how i would also curse someone although i i interpret it a different way because i thought what the curse was was um that you she like stop you had to think about breathing mm-hmm. so that so basically you can't ever not think about breathing so as soon as, soon as you sleep you stop thinking about breathing and then you die <laughs> how freaking badass yeah it's pretty, Although, pretty brutal actually now thinking about that i guess that there is a slight tie into the song lyrics because mm-hmm. um it's about like some lady like killing you and stuff yeah and and yeah that's what that is too yeah so yeah so then <laughs> I dreamed I killed you again. I already killed you with this breathing shit. I made breathing hard on you. But this guy, still he's hes still pining after it because he screwed it up. You know? And I, I also took it as that he was dead in that it has... All she left behind was an unloaded gun, which to me it could just be like, oh, the gun's not loaded. To me, it's that it's already been... It's been unloaded on him. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I just love the idea of this like undying man, and he's just like totally into the girl that keeps killing him. Yeah, he's 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 uh, really uh, yeah, masochistic here. It's, it's uh, back up, come back up, run over my body with your pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> so willing to die. So we don't quite get Actually, the uh, underwater element, but uh, the murderous element is there. <laughs> well, the, the water part is like the least important part. The dying part is the most important part. Right, sure, yeah. And there's actually a disease that was formerly known as Andine's Curse, which is properly known as Central Hypoventilation Syndrome. It's a it's a it's a breathing just it's a sleep breathing disorder, um, kind of related to like sleep apnea apnea and stuff like that. Um, but this can be fatal. Like this isn't just like it's not like waking you up like a lot of people like get a lot of relief from those CPAP machines you know just helping them get a good night's sleep by breathing through the whole night and waking themselves up um but yeah this this is related to like injury like it, mm. like a brain injury basically your brain ceases to just keep you breathing when you're sleeping <laughs> Well, again, like I thought it was like because it's brain related, it's like your brain stops telling you to automatically breathe. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess when when you're awake, your your brain's active enough to keep you breathing. So I don't. It doesn't seem like it means that you need to like every breath is a conscious effort. But uh, when you sleep, your brain's just like, okay, I'm asleep now, and now I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. But it's very rare. Uh, let's see. <coughs> According to Wikipedia, in, in 2006, there were only about 200 known cases worldwide. 
Um, oh, wait, 2008, 1,000 cases were total cases were known. So 1,000 cases in the whole world, uh, I guess, in all, historically have been known. So that is extremely rare. Um, but yeah, people, uh, concussions are bad. <laughs> you know, don't... Uh, True that. You know, don't hit your head too hard. Um, there is one other thing about this fella. Uh, par- I'm going to say his name wrong again. Paracelsus. Uh, I hopped over to his uh, Wikipedia page on him, and he, um, let me see, where'd it go? Right in, like, you know, on Wikipedia has, like, that little part with, like, I'll have the picture of the person, all the, you know, the key stats, born, died, whatever. Notable ideas, toxicology, for one. Second notable idea, quote, the dose makes the poison. Where have we heard that? <laughs> Don't quizzy. Darling the dose. That is a lyric in oh. Darling the Dose. So Flans well, oh is God, all yeah. about this Paracelsus dude. Oh my God. Yeah. Links. We're making links here. He is that. He, he, that was his quote originally. Yeah. You know, a basic principle of toxicology. It's credited to uh, Paracelsus. Right, so all things are poison, <laughs> and nothing is without poison. The dosage alone makes it so a thing is not a poison. Right? Damn, he's spitting balls. You eat too much pizza, you could die. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's all in the dose, right? Yeah, crazy. So, so Flans is whether or not he was going, you know, literally off of the Undine tale. Um, he definitely is aware of this guy. <laughs> That's so cool. See, this is this is just it just proves that actually I am underanalyzing everything, and everything is way deeper than it seems. <laughs> but they keep trying to throw you off the scent. Is the problem? <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't overanalyze our songs. Was that Linnell? Is was that in the 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 radio marathon? Uh, was that from that interview? Yeah. He said something like that. Uh, it's like, come on, dude. You can't, you can't stop us. <laughs> stop making your lyrics so interesting. I think I tweeted yeah. out something like, you know, if they didn't want us to overanalyze their lyrics, they could just write a bunch of songs about how much they love their wife and be like, okay, that's what that song's about. <laughs> the end. But that's kind of what this song is about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the wife keeps killing him. Flans is little known first wife, Undine. <laughs> <laughs> Then he came back to life, and then he found Robin, and then, uh, you know, the rest is history. And uh, now they're back on tour. Very romantic. Yeah. Oh, wait, here's one other... Okay, here's one other thing that could be related to the Undine thing. Like, I had said that the um, Undine gets cheated on. Here we have the mention of of swingers. She used... of That swinger, she used to call me that. Oh, my God. It's all, it's all falling into place. It's all about this bloody mermaid. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to listen to this song in the same way ever again, and it's your fault. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Should we hear some live versions? Yeah. Yeah, so this song has only been played in 1993, um, 12 times in 1993, and that was that. And we have the debut. Whenever I can find the debut, I have got to play it. And here it's at the 
Worcester Polytechnic Institute in Worcester, Massachusetts. And this is April 21st, 1993. Let's check it out. Recording isn't isn't great, but what do you what do you think of that? I think it sounds pretty true to the recording, which is like well done. Um, but yeah, it sounds here really we, good. We get accordion instead of organ. That's true. It yeah, works though. It totally does because it, the accordion always works. Yeah, and I love it because it's really loud in the mix on this. I mean, it's a it's a nineteen ninety three bootleg. You know, it's not Peter Gritch out there with his Zoom stereo recorder, you know, <laughs> finding that perfect place up in the balcony to get the best audio, you know. It's, uh, you know, whoever recorded this, thank you. But, you know, the technology wasn't there. Wasn't but you there. suck. But, uh, no, but I, I love the accordion. It's, like, so hot in the mix because it's the – it kind of gets the feature on the bluesy riff. So it's an accordion yeah. playing a blues riff. Ta-da-da! Makes it kind of like Weird Al in a way, which I love. Where in the you know the early Weird Al songs, he wasn't trying to completely mimic the uh, the originals. You know, it was I love Rocky Road, but instead of like super loud guitars, it was super loud accordion. Mm. So here we get some blues accordion, uh, which I am all about. And I listened to a couple a couple other ones in this this slew of 1993 performances. There is one where he straight out says that thing about. It's a French woman's name, right? This song is about a, it's a French woman's name, and here we go. Like, he doesn't really give any indication of what it's about other than, than that. Um, but then the better-sounding one I found was in Newark, Delaware, uh, in September of the year, September 29th, 93. So I'll put that one in right here.
So that one, back back to the organ, and the tempo just like ratcheted up a bunch. What do you think of that? Well, I was going to say, is this better or is it just faster tempo? Because I think they both sound good, but this one sounds like it has a faster tempo, which is cool. Yeah. But the other one also sounds good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, as far as fidelity goes, it's a little better. Though it's still, yeah. it's, it's still a little blasted out when like the full force chorus comes in. Um, but yeah, it's the, someone had a little cassette player and then the condensers on those, those microphones just like smash everything down. But it's still, it, it, it rocks. I, the, the faster tempo really works well in the chorus, maybe not as well in the verses because it kind of takes mm. away the chill bluesiness. Yeah. You know, because kind of like laying back on that, you know, lots of times, you know, blues got me pull back the tempo, but it sounds so cool. And it's, I had the strangest dream. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it kind of makes me think about, um, you know, the Tumblr quote about re recording. Like maybe that could be another way that fans would have done it, maybe. And I wouldn't be mad. I just want to hear this in like, every way possible because i think i can't remember if i already mentioned but what one good thing about this song being like so bluesy so like classic so like um you know written in a a really like popular song structure way is like i feel like like with with the uh covers that we're gonna hear it can be interpreted in so many ways and just sound good in every single way Mm -hmm. um and sometimes I i think about it and like you could probably do like a hundred different covers of this song in different kind of uh, interpretations of, you know, interpretations. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's, it's just so, you know, it's just, yeah. 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 That, that, that classic form again, just like, I mean the blues, like we wouldn't have rock and roll if it wasn't for the blues. I mean, it's just, it's all goes back to that as far as electric guitar based music. So yeah, just works can be interpreted and uh, spun so many different directions off of that. Um, so we know how many subgenres of rock and roll there is these days. Even these ones these kids say that it doesn't make any sense to me and I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> ah, who am I kidding? Not that much is guitar based anymore. Uh, um, so uh, covers. Let's let's go ahead and get to that in the interest of time and sleep. Let's listen to one by a guy named. Herb Grant, and Herb Grant uh, is here on YouTube on the channel. It's called Herb Grant Music, Uh, and this is just from a year ago, so let's check it out. She left behind was an unloaded gun And my face is blushing From all the things she's done You couldn't miss that girl Cause here she comes On deep Back up Run over my body with your pickup truck And you finish what you started Search the whole room over 
What did you what what did you think of Herb's cover? I love the name Herb too. Now talk about an American name, right? Herb, Herb is a great name. For some reason I said that really Americanly then. <laughs> this is a very faithful cover. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's super it sounds like it should, but you know, with a different kind of vocal which is always fun to listen to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was definitely trying to just recreate it and keep it true. And I think it's uh, it's very well done. There's clearly a lot of he clearly spent a lot of time on this because it's uh, the production's great uh, and it's very nice. It only has 68 views, so people should uh, go listen to this some more. Herb Grant, we love you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I just clicked over his channel and. and and confused about this, the artwork on some of these videos. Herb Grant working for the Evil Empire, and it's him with like, yes. a, like it's like a delivery guy. His <laughs> name is album or something, maybe. Yeah, I love him. What a character? Okay, moving on. Then uh, this next guy, Robert Ruby, has popped up a lot on uh, the podcast covers sections. I really should. See if I can find this guy. I wonder if, if I left a comment on this 12-year-old video, if he would see it. Hey, Robert. <laughs> I'm playing this cover on my podcast. He's like, I want royalties. So we'll see if he replies. And then I can get him on the show. Uh, the, the thing about these is that's so endearing to me is the, the video quality. It's almost like... Flans vibe report type mm, <laughs> quality. Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> oh, I uh, I guess I've dropped the song in now. Auntie, you won. All she left behind was an unloaded gun, and my face is blushing for all the things she's done. Well, you could miss that girl. <laughs> what do you think of that? I really liked it. Like, um, I feel like that camera quality, like literally like the mic from that camera and stuff is like, it sounds super like comfortable. But I re again, I really like his vocal style with it. And the guitar sounds good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, he's not, he's not trying to do anything too wild with it. Um, just like the different timbres of the instruments and stuff are what make it different. Um, but yeah, I love that like he's doing the multi-track. I mean, he was way ahead of his time with this this kind of YouTube. But you see, this is like all over the place now, where it's like one guy like like can be playing this instrument and this instrument and this instrument, and you know, split screening it or going from screen to screen. I mean, this is this is 2010. 
Yeah. He, he still makes music, though. Oh, is he still posting videos? He's got videos from like a year ago. Okay. So maybe maybe I'm there's a hope. Maybe there's a hope for uh, a reply on this here. Robert Ruby. Because that name and that face do not look familiar from Miscellaneous Tea or any other places to me. But it's a great name. That's a great, like, yeah. musician's name. Totally. Robert Ruby. It's his blues name. No. <laughs> oh, and there's an accordion in his cover picture, too, there. I don't know if I've... In any of the covers I've seen if he's playing an accordion, oddly. But, yeah. I'm having trouble remembering what ones he's been on. God, there was one I had him on recently. Or I had one of his songs on recently, and I can't remember what it is. Old multi-track video covers. No, not play all. Oh, he's done some XTCs, done some Butthole Surfers, done some Ben Folds 5. Man has taste. Smash Mouth. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, I see the ones that I've played. Uh, he did another first kiss. He did Santa's Beard. That's that's the one that... that oh, uh, my God. He that's has the one I was listening taste. to recently. Now, Santa's Beard episode has not come out. It was supposed to be recorded, scheduling mishap, and now a song about Santa is probably, the episode's probably going to be in February. <laughs> I, I unironically listen to that song outside of Christmas time all the time. Yeah. I love Santa's good. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm in the middle of a regular album. Like, it's not a, you know, yeah. And he's done See the Constellation, Piece of Dirt. Uh, oh, my God, he science impeccable is real. taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to get this guy on the show. Robert Ruby, hit me up. And now the rest of the covers are, were all made just for us. So I'm going to be playing them in full. So this is my covers crew. I They can see my recording schedule like before I record. So if they want to do a cover of that song and have it ready for me for my guest and me to listen to, uh, they can do that if they choose. And some songs... You know, I don't end up getting any covers for her. And other ones, like Andine, I get many covers. So here we've got three covers, all from good friends. Uh, Noah Daniel, Avery Keaton, and uh, Chris Tull, whose band is called My Ultimont. So let's listen to Noah's first. Here's Noah Daniel doing Andine. Andine, you won. All she left behind was an unloaded gun And my face is blushing For all the things she's done You couldn't miss that girl Cause here she comes All deep Back up Run over my body with your pickup truck and finish what you started because I'm done. I searched the whole room over to find these words. She said, I had the strangest dream. I dreamed I killed you again. Don't An abridged version. You like it? I really like it. I really, really like um, like the multiple vocal tracks. I think it sounds really cool. Yeah. No. And I, I feel like 
his voice is like super like leaning into kind of like the bluesy yeah thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah noah likes to um add in like a lot of his own harmonies and stuff like that you know he's not it works yeah he's not one to just go note for note um for a cover which i appreciate um so there's some cool kind of fresh harmonies in his take and the heavy accordion use of course awesome he had just gotten a new a new old accordion and new to him like 100 year old accordion so that's cool like, yeah because <laughs> i used to get guitar covers from him but th- these days it's pretty much all accordion <laughs> accordions just take over your life i hear they just like take over your brain mm-hmm. it's it's like uh you know accordion it becomes like a lifestyle it's not just an instrument you play it's like you know i'm an accordionist now it's true <laughs> and now uh Averin keating my purple pansies bandmate <laughs> um i did not contribute to this one though kai pfeiffer plays drums on it let's check this out think of Averins? I really liked um like the mood of this one because I felt like it was really again it was it was deviating from the original song um and it really again it really works with like the yeah the moodiness and like the kind of the the creepiness of it because I feel like yeah. you know the, the original was kind of like goofy whereas this made me think about the fact that it is actually about death and stuff yeah it's it's very very somber in the verses the arpeggiated piano chords 
and the slowed tempo and Avern will kind of go between like singing and kind of just like saying the lines. It's almost just like, like I'm imagining some like, you know, it's some lounge and like someone's at the piano and they're just like kind of like a tear rolls down their cheek. As they're, just, <laughs> yes. they're just having a bad day, but they're up there. They got to perform. And this is their version of Andine. That's all, baby. I, I should warn you, I've been listening to The Cure a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. Yeah, and then and then Kai's drums come in, and, like, there's a... It, 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 like, I, I had to ask Avon, like, is, is that Kai? Because I had heard murmurings in the Facebook thread with my covers uh, crew, because like, Avon was like, anyone want to play drums on this? Um because the the mix of it kind of makes it um, just a real real raw, and and Kai mm-hmm. is very much known for his sparkling, pristine, uh, super tight arrangements and and you know productions for his covers, just like sparkling with awesomeness. And this one <laughs> is uh, <laughs> it's not sparkling. It's the it's the rough. It's 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 the it's the stone before the diamond is is yeah. is, is, is uh, whatever the 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 coal is smashed into a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite Cute. know where I was going with that. I kind of stumbled my way through it. But I understood. I I actually t- I didn't even think of that, but it's totally true. And that's why, because sometimes you know when people deviate from the original song, sometimes I think you can really see why, like the original, like seeds of thought and i think this like really i really get why you would you would take that idea um because it, it yeah it is really broad like the original recording i think is like really raw and understated um and they've kind of taken basically taken all of those feelings that you get from the recording and then kind of like emphasize them times a million yeah Yes, very nice job, you two. And our last cover for today is by My Ultimate, the brainchild of Chris Tull. Um, one of my n- newer uh, covering, they might be Giants covering type friends. We've we've collaborated on, uh, Chris did, uh, wait, actually, yeah, no, for the uh, 31 covers that this might book a podcast uh, compilation. Uh, so here's uh, Andine by my Altamont.
I saved the most differentiest one for last. <laughs> you dig it? I love it. I love everything that Crystal does musically. I think he's so good. And I really like how this came out. And I think I, I keep saying the same thing for everything. But again, I think his voice really, really works. And as always, the instruments just sound amazing. Yeah. Including the drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing everything on this. I'm not sure if the drums are programmed or not. Or not. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it all sounds great. I love his his punk voice. His like, you know, yeah. making it where if you didn't know the song, you might not be able to understand him, you know. Kind of <laughs> punk uh, drawl. Like kind of a punk drawl, yeah, I think is how I Yeah, it's punk it. as hell. Uh, and he switches the time signature. So, I mean, that's one of the biggest changes you can make to a song is, uh, is screwing with the, the beats. Uh, so, yeah, it puts it into 4-4 four, four and just makes it real driving uh, punk. So, he, he you know, I mean, obviously punk along the line, you know, was influenced by blues like everything else there. But uh, it, it, it doesn't sound like that uh, typical blues riff anymore. Just like mm. plowing straight, you know, kind of start-stop chords and stuff like that. But it doesn't have like the little riff uh, you know, he kind of takes it completely his own direction. Yeah, I think it sounds like it sounds like almost like he wrote it because it's like very like mm. my Altamont sounding yeah. the way that he's done it. Obviously, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, and with it being such a deep cut, he could totally play it on stage and pass it off as his own. That's a good idea. Which reminds me of one of the very first shows that Outdoor Valor played in twenty. 11 we played this bar in Indy that told us we didn't know until we got there but they told us we weren't allowed to play any covers and we didn't have a whole lot of songs at that point because we'd only released the Don't Panic EP which is six songs and one of them is a cover by The Weaker Thans so we were just pretty much going to play I, we maybe we're just playing those six songs like maybe that was our set um, and we're like they probably don't know this song. <laughs> we just won't say it's a weaker than song. We'll just play it. And coincidentally, uh, we changed the time signature in that song. We actually put it into 6-8. <laughs> so we did the opposite of what. Wow. Uh, yeah, we took their song, One Great City, and uh, put it in 6-8 and made it louder. So kind of, yeah, the flip side. That always improves songs. Louder is always better. But yeah, we didn't get in trouble. I don't know. It's something about like, I mean, a lot of bars get away with just playing stuff, but really you're supposed to pay like ASCAP and BMI licensing for playing, like just for like the background music. And you're also supposed to, if you have a cover band up there that night, you're supposed to be paying, like if some band plays a Guns N' Roses cover, Guns N' Roses is supposed to be making pennies off that. Oh my God. Which is, which is crazy. Ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's not like they're keeping track of band by band, but you pay like this overall coverage license like per year, you know, if you're a bar that has cover bands, you're supposed to be paying. I've, I've only heard one instance of, of someone getting in trouble for that, and it was actually a friend of mine who owns a coffee shop. <gasps> oh, <laughs> my like, God. We're not really having shows anymore because we got in trouble for this. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like this little hole in the wall called Java Roasters. I'm like, why are you picking on them? Like, come on. I never understand it, but it's also really interesting. And I would love to know, like, the percentage of people that actually, you know, like, do it by the books to that degree. Yeah. I mean, we both would agree that artists should be paid for their work, 
but there's oh, yeah. there's something like that just seems even a little too much, like a little ridiculous. Mm. Well, it's like copyright law, right? It's really, yeah, yeah, it's, really, it is. it's interesting as hell. Yes. I really find it interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I did. I you know, I paid for my covers. I I license all the covers that uh, I put on paid releases, and the weaker ends we we licensed that cover legally. I mean, maybe every so time, we, maybe every time we played it live, we we were also supposed to be paying them, but we didn't. <laughs> and I don't well, think hopefully they, they won't listen to this podcast. Yeah. But uh, if they did, man, that'd be sweet. <laughs> and now they need to reform, but they probably won't. Uh, okay, and that's uh, that's that's that. I think we're to the scoring section. So uh, my favorite. You you got to go first, yeah. Okay, well, thirteen out of ten. Hey, don't because I was gonna do something like that, and now it's not as cool. But I always like to subvert the system, so now I need to go against what you just said. Um, so negative thirteen. I'm, I'm gonna give it pie out of ten, <laughs> as in the number, not the food. But that's only a three. 3.14 yeah, out of 10. But it has loads of numbers in it. So that actually, if you add all those numbers together, that's my score. Okay. Or, or just remove the decimal point. Yeah. So it's like a three, three bajillion. 3.14, <laughs> et cetera. <sighs> Abby Bash, you've screwed me again. Uh, <laughs> just put just put 10, like, but with a with a asterisk. Asterisk? Is that what it's called? Sure, yeah. You're you're the Barry Bonds of this podcast. <laughs> you're juicing. <laughs> you're juicing your stats. <laughs> uh, Andine is one of those songs where it's like it's from that classic era TMBG, but it feels fresher to me because I haven't known it since 1994. Mm. You know, I didn't know it back then, so it doesn't feel as old as subliminal or anything else off of off of John Henry. So it's got a little bit more of the freshness. Now when I was when I was thinking ahead of time, I never decided my scores beforehand, but the, I'm trying to decide if the blues riffage being you know such a I don't know, I mean cliche sounds really bad. Is, so is the blues riff a cliche or a knowing nod and a knowing cliche, right? Uh because I was trying to decide, like, I, I love the choruses. So the, the choruses are, like, you know, 9 out of 10 for me. But do the verses take it down a little bit? Because the verses make just the choruses so... better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That uh, If it was all just blasting you like the, the chorus, it wouldn't have the same effect. That is true. Um straight up blues isn't my favorite genre so it's not necessarily the thing i would love for flans to be aping the most but i do think it really works in the song and i think eight out of ten and that's high like that's yes yeah yeah flansy boy yep let's see my last he did eight. it again the uh, madman did it again yep oh my last one above eight was my evil twin also, Flancy Boy, I gave that an 8.5. And plugs. Tell the people uh, where to find your artwork other than, like, you know, all over my Patreon merch and Outdoor <laughs> Valor merch and Double Populous merch. Uh, where else well, can people uh, 
peep your stuff and uh, give you money. Well, I mean, it's an interesting one because as we were saying earlier about how my my TMBG fandom has changed, my I feel like that has uh, directly correlated with the, how much I use the internet. And I don't really use the internet that much. As, as much as I used to when I first came on the podcast. But I still post on Instagram all the time. Well, no, I I post on Instagram the most consistently. I think the last time I posted was literally like six months ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I do commissions and stuff, but I don't post them because I'm just like, well, I could, but then I don't. Anyway, uh, Instagram at abielbash underscore is my Instagram. And I do post my fancy paintings there. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing a lot of cool uh, self-portraits. Uh, yeah, I'm obsessed with myself. That's why. No, that's not why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's for all of art history. You know, you're either you're either painting, you know, churchy shit, or you're well, l- looking in a mirror. It's either self-portraits or I exclusively draw. They might be giant all. I don't seem to have a middle ground. <laughs> maybe, maybe you need to draw yourself as they might be giants. I am the Army Giants. Yeah. At this point, basically, you've, you've fused into one being. That's what happens. That <laughs> is what happens when you like the band. It's just, it's inevitable. I think that people should be commissioning you more. Do you feel like you're too busy to take commissions? Come on. You got you got a day job, but but I, um, I love hiring you for shit, and I think other people should, too. You've come through for me oh. every time. That's... You're the best reviewer that I could possibly have. But no, I'm never too busy to do commissions. I actually, commissions are like the only way that I kind of do art at the moment because it's like I need that kind of like outside motivation because mm-hmm. I have a boring job and it makes me feel like an uncreative robot. But then someone's like, can you paint this? And then I'm like, yeah, actually I can. And then, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. For real though, I'm I'm not just not just blowing smoke up your butt there, but like everything I've that you've done for me, like it's been, and it's all sort of different. Like you've got your style, but like you can do pretty much anything. Like I can't think of really any project I've asked you to do where I'm like, ah, yeah, can we do this way instead? <laughs> like you had to go back to, to start. But over. I would though if you wanted me to. Oh, I I know, but like I don't know. Maybe it's just yeah we've we've gotten to know each other so well that you're One like brain. I think you'd like it this way. <laughs> well, I think well, I'm the looking up why at the we Bizarro were... the Bizarro EP is framed right there above my computer. Oh, that's like my favorite thing that I did for you. I think. Yeah. <laughs> the Birdman of Lafayette. <laughs> so good. But yeah, I think the reason why we worked so good together is because we both like kind of down for anything. And then we're just like, yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. And then like a cool thing comes out because we're both just like crazy or something. <laughs> I'd say that's <laughs> accurate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you want to uh, want a chance to get some Abby Bash merch like the um, This Might Be a Podcast shirt was done by Abby, you can go to uh, that's for Patreon members only. So patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. Uh, if you want to support the show that way, that would be cool. Um, I believe the stickers you've done for me have all they're 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 out of print, so those are rare items that will come up on eBay like in a decade. Uh, but yeah, I put them on there. 
but yeah, uh, so uh, uh, thanks everyone for listening, and you know, send me emails at this might be a pod at Gmail. Uh, voicemails two two four eight zero one two nine three zero, and like and subscribe. <laughs> Smash that like button. I hear podcasts say like. Subscribe to the show. I'm like, you kind of assume that you're already subscribed listening to it. I don't know. Maybe the Onion episode was like their test episode. They're like, let me see if I like the show. And then they're like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) I will not subscribe. (laughs) I will unsubscribe if I was subscribed. Uh, So I think that will do it. But uh, Abby, thanks for uh, being a night owl for me to to talk and be on the show again. Oh, no. It's been so good. I... I, I love talking about things with you. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Same back at you. I will let you uh, get to sleep so you can, uh, you know, boss those lawyers around tomorrow. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I'm Saul Goodman. <laughs> <laughs>